0: Blurred Up, Blurred Up, welcome to the show, where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. You can find us on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We are on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period We are on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. And of course, we are partnered with Blurred.com. We are featured there. They have great content about video games, comics, anime, pretty much everything nerdy, but through a black cultural lens. And they've helped us get onto Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so check us out there. Leave us a review. Help keep our name up at the top. Please. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm your host, Brendan, and I'm joined with Mel.
1: Yo. Hi. What's up?
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: that was like a very blurdy yo. Hello. What's up? Hey guys. Very urkly. Sorry. Excuse me. Hello. Did you do that? I did. Ugh. I posted on my Facebook the other day the scene of Stephen Urkel turning into Stefan Urkel, and it Classic. came up, but I forgot how much I loved that show, and specifically Steve to Stefan. I don't know why I loved that so much, but I did.
0: Remember when they, they actually like became two different people?
1: Yeah, they became two different people, and then and at like some Steve point— like Steve got yeah. with
0: Myra, yeah, and exactly, then Laura got with uh-huh, Stefan. Yeah. Obviously, Myra was like— way hotter yeah. than Laura sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, Laura but well
1: I mean they were both pretty hot but yeah I agree looking back Myra, Myra was cuter Myra was amazing yeah but even so I think that I loved Jay Myra and Laura both física. oh my gosh <laughs> sorry I loved them both because I they were regular black women and you don't really see them in sitcoms anymore.
0: Was Myra regular?
1: Okay, she was regular. A bombshell. Well, okay, she was a bombshell, but regular in the sense that she didn't have like the Hollywood light skin look that was popular at the sure. time. She looked, she was hot, but like girl next door hot. Sure, sure. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Rip. R. I. P.
1: What? Yeah, she died. She did not. What, like, really,
0: like years ago. Oh my gosh, she I died had no super idea. young.
1: Oh, I had no idea what happened to her.
0: Uh, she had some disease. Oh my gosh, I, it was like a really weird disease
1: oh okay wow comments
0: let us know i'll probably tell mel at the end of the show I... we'll, we'll we'll google it oh no but this show is not about the death of oh,
1: sorry okay <laughs> the very belated news of the death of myra oh my gosh i'm sorry i'm sorry to, i'm sorry <laughs> wow. to bring it
0: to you on the show
1: oh yeah gee where have i been for the last decade i guess damn
0: yeah it's been a, a while
1: wow i had no idea
0: you know what? For <laughs> listeners at home, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to do it. Let's okay, look wait. It what Let's look what it happened up. to her? Let's look this it up. is okay. Okay. I, I have up. a
1: sense of dread. You have this this grin on your face. This this borderline evil grin. What happened no, to her? Whoa, oh, oh, whoa, whoa!
0: Hey, don't 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 mischaracterize okay, me okay, in front of okay, the people okay. Out here. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. I'm not her mischaracterizing you. Her name is you. Michelle Thomas. Okay. And. In nineteen ninety seven. Oh my gosh. She was diagnosed with a rare form of stomach cancer. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: And she died a year later, age thirty.
1: That's so sad. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Wow. Yeah. That is so so sad.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, how am I supposed to podcast now? Hey, well, all let, right, let's,
0: let's let's cut to oh, what, okay. we, what we came here to do wow oh wow
1: okay i'm legit sad okay yeah <laughs> I'm sorry wow
0: it's all good today we're going to talk about ad astra or in latin to the stars or as joel scott heron would call it whitey on, on the, the moon, moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um space you know i i love space i'm For those who don't know, I am a part-time science teacher. And in fact, our curriculum is currently on the space chapter right now. cool. Very cool. Mel knows I'm not a huge fantasy person. I've Mm -hmm. always been a sci-fi guy. You know, while people can't wait for the newest Zelda game, I'm much more interested in Samus' adventures, even though I did just buy the new Link's Awakening for the Switch. Okay. It's pretty fun. Cool. Mel's super excited about the Dark Crystal show, and I'm looking forward to the next season of Love, Death, Robots,
1: which had fantasy and science. To be fair, that's true. Yeah, true, mm-hmm. true, true. It was well, there was a lot of science fantasy involved. Yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway, mm-hmm. Ad Astra is a space adventure drama by Fox before its acquisition by Disney. It's directed by James Gray. The immediate comparisons would be Christopher Nolan's Interstellar from 2014, Danny Boyle's Sunshine from 2007, and a tiny bit of. Solaris from 2002.
1: Gravity as well, I think.
0: Sure. Yeah. Personally, and Mel may disagree, <laughs> I already see this in her face, I think this movie does a good job of being influenced by those movies, but also having its own tone and voice.
1: Perhaps. <laughs> I mean, I, keep going. I want to see where you're going with this. Okay, all
0: right. This movie stars Brad Pitt as Roy McBride, a legendary astronaut whose heart rate never goes above... A certain rate he's always calm under pressure and he never panics i mean sometimes he's like you know cameron from uh paid in full <laughs> they just get shot every day b
1: wow wow okay <laughs> too cool
0: too cool <laughs> but yeah there there are several thrilling sequences in this movie that demonstrate just how amazing he is under extremely stressful situations it's, it's almost kinda like super heroic at times. It's it's uncanny. A couple of them are in the trailer, but watching the full scenes unfold, for me, it had me on the edge of my seat. I don't know about you. But it, it just it gives me this more respect for real astronauts. There's really no other job or lifestyle like it. I mean obviously the scenes in the movie were very fantastical, but they do deal with some amazing stretch just being Isolated out there, and just one thing going wrong, and they have to fix that, or else like their life is over. Like it's so.
1: Yeah, the the stakes were high in a lot of ways. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. And just the idea that you know being out in space by yourself is going to drive you crazy. Like there's just no way to maintain your sanity when you're when you're exposed to that vastness. Right. So yeah, I can see that.
0: Just the training you have to undergo to Mm -hmm. even deal with that. Right. Yeah. To travel up there. Right. Mm -hmm. Reoccurring parts of the film is doing these psych evaluations on Rapids' character Roy to see if he's ready to to stay there or to travel.
1: Right. Which I think maybe I thought they said something a little different than what you thought, but we'll get there.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So the basic plot of this movie is Roy is tapped to help figure out what happened to his father Clifford, played by Tommy Lee Jones, who's also a legendary astronaut. He went to the farthest reaches of our solar system to look for other intelligent life beyond our heliosphere. He went missing 16 years ago and was assumed dead. However, energy surges are coming from his father's last known location, and they are damaging electrical systems on Earth. The ship was housing experimental material, and scientists hypothesize that escalations are certain and they could wipe out all life in the solar system if they aren't stopped. Moreover, the government has suspicions that Roy's father is still alive and could be trying to hide from them.
1: Mm -hmm. In other words, daddy issues in space. Freud would have a field day with this movie. Sometimes a cigar is just a spaceship. But (laughs) beyond that, (laughs) yeah.
0: For me, again, it's where me and Mel may start to... Diverge, diverge a bit. Diverge a yeah, little bit. Yeah, probably. What separates Ed Astra from the aforementioned movies is that at the core, it's a character study. Uh, look at masculinity and the cost of being a hero and even just our idea of what it means to be a hero. Interstellar is focused on a man saving the world and trying to get back to his daughter. Gravity is about a woman trying to survive and get back to Earth. The characters endure hardship, but they don't change much themselves. Roy is always cool and calm, but what does he lose in the process? People are dying all around him. He's emotionally repressed and distant from people, even to those close to him. We often romanticize these characters in various media, but this movie broadly looks at the sadder side of that. And for Roy himself, when you're in the loneliness and vastness of space for a long time— especially when you're searching for your long-lost father, you do get a really hard look at yourself, and we observe what that does to him.
1: Sure, yeah, and actually I agree with all of that. However, I thought it was still, for all of that, it was a remarkably self-centered character study. Remarkably self-centered, very kind of oblivious, and extremely emotionally disconnected, which perhaps was intentional with the whole thing about his uh, psych evaluations and checking his pulse. Perhaps that was intentional, perhaps not, but I couldn't really judge up any sympathy for the character of Roy or anybody else really in the film
0: for anybody else I Mm -hmm. agree with you and Mm -hmm. we'll probably get to that a little later Mm -hmm. but for for Roy I guess considering what I've been going through true full disclosure I've been going through a very emotionally uh, devastating breakup and uh, this movie was very much needed therapy for me right you know raise your hand if you have daddy issues
1: yeah. nobody can see you raising your hand oh. everybody he's raising his hand okay, okay yeah raise your hand we if can't you... see you raise your hand either it's between you and the the whatever listening device you're on <laughs> sure
0: but I'll, I'll trust you out there mm-hmm. raise your hand if you've if you've had trouble expressing your feelings and it can sometimes hurt your relationships with people so
1: sure i mean all of that is present but yeah i don't necessarily know that this provides anything but a long gaze at that pain. There's no redemption to it at all, in my opinion. But yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll get there. We'll get <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> so yeah, my experience, my recent experience may create bias toward the film. So let's look at its merits beside that. Number one, it's a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Hoyt Van Hoyt, I think it's how his, his name is pronounced. Mm-hmm. He was a cinematographer. He also did Interstellar. Right. Dunkirk. And he's helping Nolan with his newest film, Tenet. He also helped do one of my favorite horror films from the last decade, Let the Right One In.
1: Right. Yeah. He's got a really good eye for tableau and it shows in this film. You do get a lot of, there's a lot of shots that would make lovely wall art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's totally. got a really good eye for composition and tableau and it shows. Yeah. There's a lot of really good use of color as well. Space movies tend to be all grays and blacks and very washed out, but he uses color pretty effectively, Absolutely. which you don't really see a lot in space movies. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the planets and the sets are convincing. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty seamless connection between the CG and practical effects. True. It doesn't look as good as Interstellar, but the latter had a bigger budget and higher ambition. Mm, true. From Screen Rant, I learned that the budget for this movie is reportedly between eighty and a hundred million. Those are around the same numbers as Gravity, which is like hundred to one hundred thirty million. And Matt Damon's *The Martian* was about 108 million. Mm-hmm. *Interstellar* was 165 million.
1: Yeah, and on all well, on two of the th- last three movies you mentioned, out of *Interstellar*, *Ad Astra*, and *The Martian*, I'm pretty sure they they paid the writer 10 bucks for this one and *Interstellar*. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> *Martian*. *The Martian* was really well written, but we'll I enjoyed, get there. We'll enjoyed get there. the mm-hmm. Martian*. Yeah, yeah.
0: Number two. Okay, sorry. Positive.
1: Yes, positive. Oh, sorry, we're doing positive still. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> keep going, keep going. <laughs>
0: Number two. Pretty cool, or universe building. Mm. This is set in the near future. Like
1: five minutes from now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, mm. mm-hmm.
0: In some ways, yes. Mm-hmm. There are commercial flights to the moon like there are to L.A. There's an Applebee's on the moon, the moon itself is like the Wild West with different countries vying for mining rights and there's hostilities there. There's a wonderful quote from Roy in his observation of this saying, humans recreate what they're running from. Mm. True. Uh, Very true. Yeah. Some things are explained through visuals and exposition, but other things are hinted at or broadly mentioned and leave it up to your imagination. But nearly all the science and ideas are presented are tangible those those tangible realities Mm. not just the over-the-top kind of star warsy kind of
1: yeah there's just enough intersection with real with real things real with reality to keep this really well grounded so i like that it starts in the international space antenna the that's a real thing right so i mean they start there and then they kind of expand it's an interesting idea you can tell that they at least initially did Their research, uh, you know, there's people who that's their entire job is you know, they're futurists, and then you can tell that they definitely consulted someone who had a good idea of that. I did have to stop and think when you see the Applebee's on the moon, just oh my gosh, can you imagine? Think of how much airport Applebee's costs. Imagine Moonport Applebee's, right? Right? Just you know, you're spending $300 on a cocktail, but yeah, well, do you remember, yeah, uh-huh. the were, blanket, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it was like
0: 120, yeah, 125 bucks for a blanket, for a blanket yeah.
1: yeah. But I mean, if you can afford to go to the moon. But it's interesting because, you know, that's what air travel was like in the early days where, you know, they would bring out a whole, uh, like a whole place setting and meals cost, you know, a hundred bucks. Really? Not that much. But I mean, when you adjust for inflation, everything was so expensive and really upscale and that was kind of an interesting way of blending the concepts, how much it would cost versus how much we seem to like casual, more casual travel now. Interesting. I had no idea. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Mel and I may disagree on this third point.
1: Possibly. What is it?
0: Uh the ending. Mm. It wasn't a perfect ending to me. Mhm. But to me this is what separates it in a positive way from Interstellar. Interstellar was gorgeous, no doubt. There was a painstaking amount of detail and even to some of the, most of the science in the movie. But that goofy trip to the love bookcase and the black hole damn near ruined that movie for me.
1: There were uh, Interstellar had a lot of problems. I had some of the same problems Interstellar. I have with this movie, but yeah, I agree. That was just at the end. It got to the point where you're like, "Are you even trying? What what are we what are we doing here? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I remember all the all the fanboys. You just don't get it. I'm like, yo, I get it. It's, it's just not it's, interesting. It's, it's yeah. stupid. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good way to end the story. I'm gonna fly into a infinitely dense, uh strong black hole mm-hmm. it's getting bumpy it's really getting bumpy now really
1: yeah mm-hmm. so we go from having actually pretty good science to no science at all like at we're all. at the end of the science so let's just uh get, get, bookshelf jesus okay yeah i don't know
0: anyway mm-hmm. back to Ad astra. sorry we're
1: still doing positives right Ad astra
0: Ad astra <laughs> okay there is no bookcase in this movie yeah Ad astra is also about saving the earth but that takes a backseat to character, even at the climax. And I thought, in that sense, it executed its mission better than Interstellar.
1: Mm, I agree with that, yeah. Okay. I think that it definitely had a stronger sense of what it wanted to do than Interstellar. I just don't necessarily like what it did. Word. That's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm.
0: So those are my three like main mm-hmm. things. And I think I will talk more about them in, mm-hmm. this, in the spoiler section. Sure. So let's get to some things that we maybe didn't okay. love. So you may... You may take the lead on this if you you want. No,
1: no, it's fine. I mean, I think... Okay, so I went through a phase about 10 years ago where I was reading a lot of these, like, pioneer narratives, people who... The first people who... I feel like you
0: go through phases on the show, like, all the time.
1: I do, yeah. But, I mean, I've been through so many phases in general. I'm just kind of bringing them up because as they come up. Um, Sure. So... About a decade ago, I went through a phase where I was reading a lot of pioneer narratives, like uh, the stories of the first Europeans to go to uh, the African continent, to go to the Americas. And, you know, they wrote these really, a lot of them kept really good diaries and wrote these really detailed narratives of how they went and what they did. And the interesting thing about that to me is that when I was reading them, I've always loved science fiction, but I went through about like a couple of years of reading a lot of narratives, pioneer narratives too, or colonizer narratives really is what they are. Um, reading all of these things. And it what struck me about them is how similar they are to our space stories, a lot of our space exploration stories, which is why I don't necessarily love space exploration movies, uh, if they're not alien. <laughs> because they have the same sort of sense of we're going to go and explore parts of the world while completely ignoring that it was there before we got there. And you definitely, that's what I mean when I say this is a very self-centered sort of, um, sort of, Character study? It's a character study, but it is a character study of a guy who feels entitled to the universe, and the universe exists for him to work out his psychological issues upon. That bothers me. I mean, maybe that's a bit meta, but this is why I don't really dig space movies. It's why I didn't like Interstellar. It's why I wasn't crazy about gravity. You know, I get the metaphor, but space is a real place, and we're really exploring it, and it bothers me that that's the mentality we're taking towards it already like let's build a Starbucks on the moon. Um which If I may oh, interject. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Roy himself I think had contempt for those things. It wasn't <laughs> like he ever praised those things and he even said that his father mm-hmm. would be rolling of course in his grave.
1: But his father was still out there enabling the future of that to happen, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, well. It's mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. I mm, it's like Mm -hmm. when scientists make something Mm -hmm. or engineers make something Mm -hmm. they may not know Mm -hmm. the unforeseen consequences of what they do very true and so i don't i mm, i understand what you're saying to an extent Mm -hmm. but i definitely don't think it's either of the two main people's faults
1: sure it's not or they're not
0: really connected to as much as you're I understand.
1: But at the same time, it's still it still is essentially a story of a guy using space as therapy, which is only so interesting for me. I get it and I get the metaphor and I get that, you know, the whole idea of exploring. But it's just that idea is not very appealing to me. Sure. Sure. Um, So I'm not really huge into space colonizer narratives. Um, Also, this is a very slow and sleepy movie. Really? Very slow, very sleepy. I don't fall asleep in movies, but this one, even though it was gorgeous, it the pace was so plodding and deliberate, and it's all inside the head of this character whose motivations I don't particularly care for, and I was there were points where I was kind of like having to pinch myself to keep from dozing off, and I don't fall asleep in movies, especially space movies. It was built, like if you look at the trailer, it's very much an action movie. There's like chases in space and things blowing up and other things. Uh, But there's so much exposition and so much slow, sleepy movement from place to place in between all of that, that it really, the pacing is very, very slow. It's a very slow, sleepy movie.
0: I disagree. Mm -hmm. But I think the exposition, Mm -hmm. Brad Pitt's character often narrates. Mm -hmm. And that may polarize some people. Mm -hmm. We often like for movie to show us rather than than tell us what's going on. Mm -hmm. This movie kind of almost plays out like a noir mystery. It's like the main character trying to solve something while narrating about himself and his surroundings. Mm -hmm. I was personally fine with that style. Mm -hmm. I think without it, we wouldn't have understood Roy as well. But Mm -hmm. I am curious to see how else they could have illustrated
1: his feelings. So I understand. Mm -hmm. Well, narration or no narration, the pacing was off. I mean, you can have a movie that's narrated and still have it move at a steady pace. Like I said, I don't fall asleep in movies, Mm -hmm. but I found this. It wasn't boring. It was just very, it was like putting on one of those uh, Netflix nature shows with the music in the back, where it's just Mm -hmm. like the Amazon, and then they play classical music, and you kind of sleep or study to it or whatever. Mm -hmm. That That was the way the pacing felt at times, and then Brad Pitt would come on and say something that was interesting for his character, but you have to be interested in that character to actually be really into what he's saying. Those monologues are so heavily character dependent and if you don't buy into the main character very heavily, they don't really make a huge difference. So that was another thing. Just the pacing, the the general idea of the story. Third thing, the science is bad. It's really bad. It's really really bad.
0: <laughs> you think so? There was a part near the end mm-hmm. that I was definitely uh about mm-hmm. but again because this is about more character than mm-hmm. the other the other things. I just kind of let it go.
1: It is, yeah, and I think that's the thing. It starts out behaving like a hard science fiction exploration film, but the central premise of the film rests around the creation of an antimatter catalyst. And the more you think about that, the more you're like, "But wait, what? That doesn't work." None of this actually makes sense because antimatter dissipates. So none of the stuff that is happening as a result of this drive would actually be happening. The, science, the central science isn't good. Again, it's just a metaphor. It's used as a metaphor for this guy's character study and his, uh, the exploration of his daddy issue situation, which is fine. But again, if you don't buy into that, if you're not compelled by that, yeah. then the movie isn't compelling on its own face. So,
0: I want to push back on the on the daddy issues? <laughs> okay. No, no, it's 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 a part mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. but I feel like some of the biggest critics mm-hmm. I feel like are only talking about that when of course that's a part of it, but there's so much more in my opinion. But I think I think I would I would rather go into it in the spoiler section sure. and kind of reveal it out right. here. My second kind of uh nitpick is the acting was fine. All around, Mm. but no one was given very much to do. True. The supporting cast who gets the most screen time are Donald Sutherland, Ruth Negga, who I always note as the hot woman from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, gosh. And (laughs) Tommy Lee Jones. Uh Uh-huh. Natasha Lyonne from Russian Doll. She gets a small cameo to kind of break the straightforward personalities of nearly everyone else yeah but she had very little to do and she, she kind seemed
1: of... yeah she's really out of place yes it was very much like why is she so loud this isn't there's no place for somebody loud from wherever she's from they were Brooklyn. on mars yeah, yeah there's this, no Brooklyn p- woman yeah. on mars yeah there's no why is, is this orange is the new black or red is the new black i don't know what this is nice. it's weird yeah nice. mm-hmm.
0: this is very much a brad pitt vehicle and all these people do is help roy get to the next chapter in his journey, and mm-hmm. they are forgotten. Mm-hmm. Because of that, it's hard to attach yourself, as you were talking about, it's hard to attach yourself to anyone. You, you had trouble attaching yourself to Roy, mm-hmm. and I was fine with that, mm-hmm. but I think it's nearly impossible for anyone to attach themselves to any of the other characters. Yeah, they
1: don't really have characters. They're just sort of set pieces, really. Yeah. They're there for Roy to interact with. They're like books or tables or chairs. They're not fully fleshed out people in any situa- in any case, not even his father. Yeah. They're all, but this is what I keep going to. They're all kind of, it's almost like they're all figments of Roy's imagination. Like if the end of the movie had just been him waking up like, oh, what an interesting dream. You were there and you were there and you were there. The movie would have actually made just as much sense as it ultimately did.
0: The Wizard of Astra.
1: Yeah, totally. The Wizard of Astra. (laughs) Um, One thing, I didn't say this in the prose, and I should have, but I'll say it really quickly now. Brad Pitt, can we talk about him? He's such a compelling actor to watch. I really, a friend of mine used to always say she didn't think he got enough attention because of how good looking he is. Mm. But as he's getting older, it's not that he's not good looking. It's just that he doesn't have that pretty boy sheen to him anymore. And you can see that he really can act. He is quite a good actor. He really did carry, the. I mean, he kind of had to carry the movie because it's written around the, uh, the, his character is the center of this particular solar system. Yeah. But it's weird because he's aging, but he still has all the same body language and his voice hasn't changed at all. So if you look at, for example, Donald Sutherland, now Donald Sutherland is significantly older. Same for Tommy Lee Jones. You can see where they have aged a lot and their voices changed, their body language has changed everything. But Brad Pitt is in that spot where he's starting to look significantly older, but he hasn't. Nothing else has changed yet. Right. Which is a little strange. It almost looked like he had been digitally aged at the very beginning of the film. Huh. Yeah, it was kind of strange. Yeah, yeah. But he did a really good job.
0: Yeah, I I thought he did a great job of portraying this man in a in an understated performance. I've seen reviews say that he simply sulks around, but I think combined with the writing, the exposition, and the editing of the flashbacks, you get a decent feel for the character, at least enough to understand his arc. There's a particular scene where the camera just sits with him, mm-hmm. and you see his emotions transform live and i thought that was really powerful
1: he does a lot of really good physical acting a lot of really good face and body stuff so he walks like the first thing i noticed is oh he walks like he's in the military he really does walk like you know a career military guy he really did do the work you can see yeah. and it, not in a way where he's like look look i'm acting i'm acting look at me i did the work sh- look like you know christian bale tends to do right he kind of did he it was a very just a very good performance. He's really he's very talented and you can finally see that see that. I'd like to see it in something else though. This was not a great vehicle for him even though he pulled it along.
0: So let's let's go to our our closing. Right. Okay. We're going to guess it you you don't recommend this movie. Um
1: you know, here's the thing. The I'm thing? I'm doing all of this like kind of negative talking about it because you've got such a positive review of it as kind of a balance. But I didn't really have that strong of a response to this movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a really common occurrence. Like I, this movie is fine. Like I didn't have any strong feelings about it when I was watching it. It was interesting to watch, interesting to think about. But it didn't really say anything very definite to me except for, oh, look, this is a person who exists, which is fine. But that's it. I mean, I don't not recommend it, but I mean, I'm kind of being very neutral about it. But that's kind of how I felt after watching it. I kind of left like, oh, that was a movie. It was interesting to see, but there wasn't anything particularly strong that came out of the movie for me negatively or positively. It was just a movie that cost a lot of money that they made, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. I recommend this movie, especially for those who are down and are having trouble getting out of their own minds. Like, I was personally kind of inspired by this movie. Hmm. And I'll get probably into that in the spoilers a little bit, too. Okay. But, yeah, I agree. It wasn't the most amazing, as a space movie itself, it wasn't the most amazing space movie I've ever seen, but it was good. It was fine to me. hmm and it'll probably won't make its money back because it's up against the new, what, Rambo and oh, it's gosh, yeah. out there in that new J-Lo movie.
1: Oh, Hustlers. Yeah. Now that I want to see, but it's not here, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And then, of course, two weeks later, The Joker comes out. Yeah. So.
1: Mm-hmm. It might get in there. It might just squeak by because it is just is kind of ending its its reign over the box office and it is kind of sliding slowly down the, the charts. Yeah. Hustlers is out, but Hustlers is a real specific kind of movie. Right. So I think it'll draw a different... The people who don't want to see Hustlers will want to see Ad Astra and vice versa, I think. And what's the other one you said that's out right now? Oh, Rambo. Yeah, I don't know who's going to see Rambo. That's but been getting really yeah. bad reviews. Well, Panned. I just can't believe they made another one. You know, Rambo was originally a book, right? No. Okay, Rambo was a book. It's actually not a bad book. Rambo dies at the end of that book. Oh, for real? So the author, basically the author was thrilled by how much money the movie made. So he like wrote two more books to retcon out the death of Rambo. Just So everything after Rambo won has basically been a money bag, a money trap. Interesting. So I don't know why there's... The fact that they made another Rambo and people are taking it seriously, that's interesting to me.
0: Before we get too far off the rails. Okay,
1: moving on. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) No, that's cool. That's cool. So... You've got our our general reviews. Unfortunately, I can't really talk about how much this movie means to me Mm -hmm. without going into the spoilers. If you have seen the movie, keep on listening. If you don't care if it's spoiled or you want to just hear why I like this more than Mel does, (laughs) then keep listening. It's not not a hate on you. I know, I know. It's just, you know, we all have our thing. Sure. All right, so counting down. Three, two, one. Here we go. How do you feel about Clifford not finding life or other intelligent life?
1: Again, these movies often awkwardly echo pioneer narratives, colonizer narratives. And I felt that that was one of the places where it did. Like the idea of we came out here to find life. And if we don't find life, then we haven't done anything. I don't know. There was the scene where I thought that they did find life. I'm sure you know what I'm referring to. The baboon. Mm. Because you don't know it's a baboon until they kind of they do a very long slow pan up up to where uh, the first captain of the ship to Mars is busy being eaten by a rogue baboon that was on a Norwegian animal testing vessel. Why would you put baboons up there? I'm um, like y'all really? Yeah, because you see other animals in the ship while they're, they're, there's like rats and rabbits and whatnot. Why? Wh- Here's my thing. What's your thing? Um We are in. We are five minutes into the future. We have Starbucks on the moon, maybe whalers too, futurama reference. Um, but uh why are we still doing animal testing? Yeah. Like what?
0: And so there's a whole it,
1: spaceship just for animal testing?
0: And why is it that far out? Like what's the point?
1: Yeah, what are they doing out there yeah. with those animals in between Mars and Neptune? What? It's I, weird. I did appreciate
0: mm-hmm. the aliens homage with the those yeah. like those little uh heartbeat monitors oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. that was kind of scary to me
1: yeah and but it kind of um do you know i watch what is it the nostalgia guy or sometimes the, 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 nostalgia nostalgia critic. the nostalgia critic yeah the, and the nostalgia chick sometimes on uh, youtube and mm-hmm. they have a thing called the big lipped alligator moment if you've ever seen all dogs go to heaven no okay it's an old animated movie which is about a dog and a little girl uh and out of nowhere at some point in the movie they fall down a sewer hole and a big-lipped alligator voiced by Ken Page sings a soul song that doesn't fit into the movie at all. And then it just sort of, that that's the only time you see that. For me, um, this whole business with the baboons was kind of a big-lipped alligator moment because there was nothing setting us up for mutant people face-eating baboons at all. Were they mutants? Well, I don't know. But I mean, whatever they were. Yeah.
0: I will, mm-hmm. I will say that I think that scene served two purposes. Okay. Number 1, I think if the movie solely just sat with Roy's character of contemplation, mm-hmm. it would have been even more boring than I think than than, than you mm-hmm. originally thought. I think every big set piece of him falling in earth G from the antenna, him uh, the shootout on the moon, mm-hmm. and and some gravity and then having zero G with these baboons and him being calm the whole time, mm-hmm. just it added to who this guy is.
1: How emotionally disconnected he is, yeah.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. but it gave him different different challenges. True, true. And yeah. I think that's kind of serviced the character. It was it was surprising. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't see that coming.
1: Yeah, not at all. It just didn't.
0: But he didn't either. Yeah. I think I think that was that was uh, what's cool about okay. it. Okay. And, I mean, I'll go on a little bit more of that a little later. But, yeah, back to...
1: Yeah, Why do you, what did you think about them not finding life? Sorry.
0: No, no, you're good. Uh, no, I thought it was a smart move. I mean, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt said in the movie, we're all we've got. Mm-hmm. The whole theme, to me, of the movie is not really daddy issues, but it's it's to be present and to appreciate what you have. Mm-hmm. And under pressure, that's all Brad Pitt was. Any challenge that happened, he was present and focused on getting out of it mm-hmm. and for us we romanticize that's what a hero has to be you know focused and and for and for some guys if we cut off our emotions that's fine i mean brad pitt himself said this is what i'm about i have to do this that's what i was trained for what so my dad instilled into me this work ethic of this 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 mm-hmm. and this this is what i have to be mm-hmm. as a man mm-hmm. or as a successful person mm-hmm. in this job hmm. but when it came to real human interaction he was everywhere else remember even Liv tyler in the movie mm-hmm. was like you're here with me but i have to find you sometimes
1: right yeah the thing with Liv tyler they might as well have just called that a cameo because she's in what two scenes tops yeah and i didn't even realize it was her until the very end that you really? finally get a shot of her whole face really yeah i saw her immediately really i was I like oh I that's, that's yeah. cool she was like, although i like that they that she seems to have let herself age like a human i do appreciate that but yeah um I mean, she's not kardashian it up, but... Sure. Um, so, you know, she looks like herself, but, like, time has passed, and she's, you know, living her life, which is nice. But that said, I had no... Because she's in such brief scenes. She right. could have been any generic white actress. and true. You know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, there was no reason for it to be somebody we knew.
0: I think it's cool because in Armageddon, which came mm-hmm. out, what, what like, 20... I don't know. 22 years ago, I want to say.
1: I don't know, a long time ago.
0: Yeah, you know... Ben Affleck went out in space.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: Came back to her. Okay. Uh-huh. And then, of course, Brad Pitt comes back to her, too. So, yeah, it really is good a luck, cameo. Chuck. Yeah. Good luck, Chuck. It really
1: for... is a cameo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, yeah. Um... Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, you're right. I see what you're saying about how he's present in action situations, but very not present in
0: human relationships.
1: That makes sense. And because, then... yeah, go ahead. Oh, you're good. One of the reasons I wasn't crazy about this, and not crazy, about Interstellar, is that, other people don't seem to matter to the protagonists at all it is very much a lesson about how if everybody's expendable but the hero and it goes beyond that kind of trope of anyone can die to just nobody else matters right there's bodies dropping sometimes it's his fault right everywhere and well almost his fault or his influence that causes it there's bodies dropping everywhere and he but you know there's people You don't get a sense of any of the other characters as full human beings. They are just set pieces for him. And then when they die, it doesn't really matter to you or to him, which even at the end, which spoiler alert, we're in that section when his dad floats off into the blackness. uh, You don't really get a sense of it being that important. It's the most important, but it still is not. I remember thinking, okay, you went all the way to Neptune and you got one tier. You went all the way to Neptune to rescue your dad, who is crazy and is dead, and you we get one tear. Are you serious? Like, and you and then you go back. To, then you go back to Earth, and after all the stuff you did, no court martial, no no discharge, no no problems. You just go back to live Tyler, who I finally recognize, and that's the end of the movie. Are you serious? Come Man, on, there's other stuff going on. We
0: saw mm-hmm. a different movie.
1: I think we did, yeah.
0: Because mm-hmm. I mean, a despite all the horrible things that Tommy Lee Jones said to him on the ship, mm-hmm. he still was like, he more or less forgave him. Mm-hmm. I love you, Dad, and tried to take him back. Then he, he fought with him to, to, keep, to, to bring him back when he tried to blast himself off. Mm-hmm. When, he, when his father chose death as opposed to reconnect with his son in the world, I mean, it wasn't just he cried, he like yelled in his suit. Like, Mm -hmm. you remember that scene? Like, he he really gave emotion, more emotion in that that moment Mm -hmm. than any other part of the movie. Right. And so I definitely felt that. And so, and he yelled, and then he almost gave up. He was like, Mm -hmm. I'm, what am I doing? Why should I go on? And then he Mm -hmm. thinks about what he has back on Earth, what could happen. And then that inspires him to be focused for a new reason Mm. because he was always focused for himself. Right. And but then now it's I wanna be focused mm-hmm. to have another chance with the people I care about back mm-hmm. back on Earth.
1: And so I right. thought
0: I that, that was moving mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Personally. Um of course mm-hmm. he could have been court martialed. I mean we don't know it it right. didn't show anything. Right. But at the end of the day, he, he did his job. Like he did destroy the thing.
1: True. But he also called, well, he also was his, what is it, not mutiny, what's it called when you are a stowaway? When his his being a stowaway on the ship to Neptune indirectly influenced the death of three... That's their fault. Stu- oh, yes, but that's another issue that I had with the film. Like, these, these scientists are too stupid to live. They all died because of dumb things they did. That's if they true. had just left him alone, they would have been fine. But they were like, but they had somebody on the radio going, kill yeah, kill him, kill him, and they were like, okay, we'll kill him, and then they all die. Ridiculous. Yeah. But even so, I mean, like, it, militarily speaking you don't just stow away on out a out ship that you've been directly ordered not to get on have everybody else on the ship die and even if you do i mean that that's that's hollywood military it, well i mean of course it is because you don't have astronauts anyway but I mean, we do but not like space station neptune going astronauts you know it, that whole thing just didn't gel for me at all like i the whole time i was like the the thing is the stakes were high again for everybody but him and Things were important, but only when they pertain directly to his emotional state. And I just wasn't really here for that, honestly. At the end, yeah, they had their little struggle and they, you know, even though Tommy Lee said all these horrible things, but I was, I just thought, so him and his daddy are weird. <laughs> like, honestly, like it, I mean, I don't know. I can see that you had a definitely, that you definitely connected to the characters more than I did, but because I didn't really character. connect. Well, character. Yeah. Cause it really is only one.
0: you only
1: one. Um, But because I didn't have that connection, I was just like, why are we watching you be toxic in space? Seriously.
0: Well, but I think that's the point. Mm. There's a great article by IndieWire titled How James Gray Broke Blockbuster Rules to Redefine the Hero's Journey in Ad Astra. And I think it's a good companion piece to this movie Mm -hmm. because James Gray, the director, details what Roy's arc means to him personally. Mm. As you already said, all of Roy's life he's convinced himself that efficiency and bravery must come with compartmentalizing your emotions. Being mm-hmm. a re- being a real man is being distant. Gray cites Joseph Campbell, mm-hmm. whose book Hero of a Thousand Faces is wildly influential in fiction, had an influence on him in this movie.
1: Of course. Although, well, no, go on, because I'm curious as to how he rationalizes this.
0: Go ahead. Well, he talks about just how the way that we see heroes often and like your Iron Man's of mm-hmm. like, you know, they're just cool and they're flawed, but it's not really a big deal. Mm-hmm. Whereas this movie really takes a different look at what it means to be a hero, how he struggles to overcome.
1: Okay. Now, here's the thing. What's the thing? I th- Yeah, there's many things. Um, <laughs> I think if I have to read an article about how the character was formulated in order to understand that the character is supposed to be a hero and not just a sleepy protagonist in a character study, then to me that's a writing issue, personally. Without the, without the context that you just t- described to me about how he was trying to redefine what a hero is, I don't think I would have gotten that, and I wasn't intrigued enough by the way it was written to want to dig for that. Like, there's a difference between, like, okay, that was strange, I didn't necessarily like it, let me find out more about it, but mm-hmm. this was too sleepy, for me to think, oh, there's more to it. Let me get in. Let me let me find out what the director said. You know.
0: Word. I mean, for me personally, I mm-hmm. guess because of what I've been going through, I, right, yeah. I immediately mm-hmm. was like, I was right there. Right. Yeah. Fair but enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's some more good quotes from from the article, and the director says, "The true terra incognita, or the unknown, mm-hmm. is the human soul. In order to assess the earth with any kind of meaning, it basically has to come from us. And for Gray. A hero isn't someone who transcends their humanity, but rather someone who fulfills it. Roy isn't a hero for going to Neptune. He's a hero for wanting to come back to Earth.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: When you contrast this movie, this idea of a man who had a something that impacted him negatively mm-hmm. in his life that forever changed him and is finally kind of coming to grips of how that fucked him up mm-hmm. and wants to be better for it. That contrasts with the upcoming Joker film, which mm-hmm. is about a man having a rough life and then extroverting his pain with violence on people. And unfortunately, one movie is easily going to outgross the other and probably incite more violence in the world, if not exclusively well, yeah. back in the States. Yeah, I mean, well, that's not count our
1: chickens before they're hatched, but I don't necessarily disagree with you. <laughs> yeah,
0: but Ad Astra is, for me, the message that men need to... Hmm. You see that's just me personally, okay, maybe I don't yeah. know if I mean, I don't know if maybe as a woman, I mean you're mm-hmm. you're much more put together than I am, I think, and not so necessarily, maybe I
1: think it just didn't necessarily resonate with the themes of this film, okay, um, yeah, I don't know, I can hearing what you talk about it is definitely helping me see it from a different perspective, but I guess because I'm not gonna lie and be like I've never gone through anything, that's not what I'm saying, sure. it's just that that's not something that resonates with my particular pain sure this movie didn't resonate with me on that level sure i suppose if it doesn't resonate with you on that level i don't think it'd be very entertaining yeah so from where, again it's not that it didn't evoke anything strong it was just oh that was nice it was a movie with stuff happening
0: that was cool no worries i just want to go on just a little more about james gray what how he talked about the film okay apparently this, the movie was, quote, partially inspired by a personal story of abandonment that has haunted him his entire life. And though he doesn't want to go into the details, he did want to emphasize how crucial it is to express courage, not only through self-discovery, but also through the damage that men find along the way.
1: His personal story already sounds way more interesting than what he told us. Though. I okay. wish he had told that, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: But yeah, he he wants to buck against the whole, you know, You got hit, buck up, get over it kind of machismo and the Mm -hmm. damage that it's done to our societies. And he purposefully chose Brad Pitt. You mentioned Mm -hmm. that Brad Pitt's a great actor and just how he looks. Mm -hmm. He he still looks kind of handsome and whatever. Mm -hmm. When you see that, you kind of have this image of who, what a man should be or what a hero should be, Mm -hmm. but by making him become so vulnerable at the end or willing to kind of start accepting that or why he's messed up and kind of push back against that, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a a subversion. Mm
1: -hmm. Fair. Fair. But yeah, I don't know. Again, I think if you're not in that, on that wavelength already, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get that. I don't think. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I think there would need to be, it would need to be more explicitly done as a character study. It's interesting, but the problem is you can't try to do a character study of a person who's struggling to not be stoic and then have nobody else in the world matter to them at all in any sort of tangible way, except for in their own mind, except for in their response to them.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a two hour movie mm-hmm. and we never get a chance to see his life after his change.
1: Or even really before, to be
0: honest. True. Yeah. We get flashbacks of yeah. Liv mm-hmm. Tyler kind of walking out on him. This is why yeah. I'm walking out on you. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. We never get a chance for that mm. actual redemption.
1: Right. Right. Which, I mean, that's my issue with all of these space exploration movies. Interstellar, Gravity. Sunshine was different. Sunshine was quite good, I thought. But that was because Sunshine Sunshine wasn't necessarily about people. It was a different sort of metaphor. It wasn't necessarily about an emotional state, I thought. Uh, But, yeah, all of these movies. And they also had better mm -hmm. characters. Yeah, definitely.
0: Captain America was in it.
1: Oh uh, yeah, that's right he was. I forgot. He yeah. he died of mm-hmm. bad
0: death. Spoilers. Uh, well, they all did. That was but, that yeah. was rough.
1: Yeah, the whole movie was, was rough. It was yeah. Anyway, moving on though. Yes. So my point is all these movies, Gravity Interstellar, uh now at Astra, is that these are all supposed to be really deep Inquests into the personalities of of people and into pain, human pain and human suffering and finding yourself against the vastness of space and time, which is a metaphor for the vastness of the human soul and mind and how it's endless and there's so much going on there that you will never really get to the recesses of your own, let alone somebody else's, but other people might as well not exist. Now, Gravity handled that, I think, better than the other two films did and Ad Astra handles it better than Interstellar did, I think. But it's still I feel like if there had been more definite parameters set on some of his relationships or even the way he related to other people, aside from just being sort of this cold, dispassionate person, I would have understood it more. I don't necessarily, like I said, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying and the the emotional angle you're taking on it, but I don't know that this is really coming out in a redemptive place. And that was what I said at the very beginning. There's a lot of character exploration. There's a lot of interesting metaphor, but there's not really, in my opinion, there's not really any true redemption. It is just acceptance, which is great, but it doesn't really go anywhere
0: else. And Mm -hmm. I think you made a point in that. And mm-hmm. he said, I don't know what, what the future will bring. Mm-hmm. I may go back to being mm-hmm. a cold person. Mm-hmm. My wife or my ex-wife may not come back to me. Mm-hmm. We may have a few dates, a few coffees, and then mm-hmm. she may leave me again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, But I'm not afraid of that anymore. Mm-hmm. And for me, I thought that was mm-hmm. great. Like sometimes we don't have to have this Hollywood, oh, she's mm-hmm. like, they get married again. You see the montage of mm-hmm. them having kids and, oh, yeah. you know, whatever. For me, again, what I'm going through right now, that's mm-hmm. really That's really all I need right now. Yeah, just
1: acceptance. Fair enough. I mean, it's a certain stage, definitely. I mean, I'm not saying they needed to have a big Hollywood ending. I just would like to see a different sort of connection Mm -hmm. because there was none of that. It was just, I'm at peace within myself, but what does that really mean? Yeah.
0: You know? I dig that. Mm -hmm. I think while this movie is overtly about toxic masculinity, Mm -hmm. I think we can expand the message... To everyone who, people who are chasing improbable, impossible, or just simply problematic ambitions at the cost of their own humanity. Mm. You know, recently we read about, you know, Jeff Bezos cut medical benefits for nearly, what, 2,000 workers just to save him a little coin. On the father-son tip, Joe Biden literally used his dead son, Beau, to discourage people from supporting universal health care. Yeah, that was horrible. Because he wants to become president. On the backs of certain donors. I certainly
1: hope. Yeah, that's awful. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: On the more, you know, on the commoner side, you know, people chasing attention with more and more likes on social media and overlooking people right in front of them. Mm. People chasing love or lust in the wrong places and overlook their own friends and family who support them. I I mean, I got a lot out of this. Okay. Yeah, sure. Again, you know, Mm -hmm. know, we've been talking about what we want beyond the trajectory in rap and comedy. Right. But this movie shows that kind of to go beyond, mm-hmm. we really need to go within and truly embrace our own humanity. And more often than not, we are enough. We we have enough. And we should be grateful. And I wish, as you said, I wish the movie did more maybe at the end to show him mm-hmm. fully embracing that. Yeah. That would have been nice. Yeah. But or just,
1: you know, he talks so much about his internal, go- his internal workings. And at the end, he's like, well, this is it. This is me. And there's a certain beauty in self-acceptance. Mm. But. You don't go through a whole film saying, "I gotta change. I'm not the same. I gotta something has to change. Something has to be different. What's wrong with me?" And then at the end, you're like, "I don't know, but this is who I am." Eh, okay.
0: I, I feel you. Mm-hmm. I feel you. I'm very curious about how this is going to be received mm. by audiences. I think on the various big sites, it's it's fresh. Mm. It's but it seems a little mixed too, mm. at least by critics.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I don't know. I think the trailer did it a disservice. A huge I agree. disservice you really do expect i don't usually watch trailers but i knew nothing about this film same. and i wasn't sure if it there's a really well not popular necessarily but well-known uh kickstarter campaign i think for a graphic novel with the same title mm-hmm. not the same thing at all not the same property i think the graphic novel's about furries or something um but yeah i don't know what it is i just saw the page quickly but so I didn't know what it, if it was related to that or to something else.
0: Brad Pitt's a furry. So,
1: yeah, exactly. I was like, what is this movie I have to go see? Would Brad Pitt is a furry in space? What is this? First thing about Furry Club. Exactly, yeah. Do not talk about Furry Club. Exactly. Just, you know. Uh, anyway, moving on. Yes. Um, I wasn't sure what it was, so I actually watched the trailer for the first time in ages. I never watched trailers. And watching the trailer and then going to see this, I was like, oh, this isn't what I was expecting at all. So It does
0: yeah. market it as an action film. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not really. The action... The action's there, but it's not there for the same reason.
0: <laughs> True. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sticking around with us. Uh, the ending of this movie reminded me of the introduction to the the Bush babies album, Gravity, which features one of most Def's first appearances on wax. It's a mid-90s rap song, and I actually listened to it on the way home from the movie and while I was writing a review for this movie. And I want to just read out the quotes, or at least one verse. Gravity. You know, it makes me think about the space program and NASA and all that. Man thinks he's got some place in space. He do. It's called Earth. We better off just holding down this little square that God gave us instead of trying to question the unquestionable and try to claim the unknown. The unknown claims you. Gravity is what we must submit to. And again, just the whole theme of enjoying what you have instead of chasing things. What was the quote that Brad Pitt said at the end? He could only see what was not there. He couldn't see what was right in front of him. A lot of us talk about going to space and you know finding life and colonizing, whatever, but we still have what? Crazy global warming, folks, and crazy famines, wars. We can't take care of these things on Earth. Why are we going out and space. So I, I kind of felt that theme too a little bit. Yeah. It's about this person, but I think it's also about just what we're also doing. I mean, Roy had real contempt for humanity mm-hmm. because of what they were doing as well. So right. it, as I think I agree with you in that the movie didn't explicitly say a lot of things, mm-hmm. but for me, it's one of those films for for me that you could kind of project or just okay. get other things from it. So that's fair. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Antimatter can't melt steel beams.
0: Yeah. Okay. You know what? Let's go back to that. Okay. Because yeah, that yeah. was that was the part that I was kind of like, bad. what? Mm. I mean, not only yes, you're right mm. about antimatter, but just r- risk around, throw a nuke at it. Yeah. Like what? And I'm going
1: to carry the nuke in my my bare hands. Yeah. Through the sh- through the spaceship with no uh, yeah, what?
0: He had like, like a like uh, a a nuke tumbler.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A nuke tumbler. Who? Yeah. He had like a, a what do you call it? One of those. Um, Oh, what are they? What are the, the uh, camelback <laughs> for a nuke? Yeah, yeah, like I mean, you know, it's yeah. near future, maybe they're
0: smaller, you know, detonated. I don't yeah, know, sure, but
1: they're still nuclear. Yes, I mean, no, come you're, on. no you're totally
0: right. Yeah. I was, I was, that was ridiculous. Luckily, I mean, f- mm-hmm. for me, that was kind of backseat to what it was really about. Yeah. So right, I was okay, totally. but I was but like, he's, you know,
1: uh, he's floating through space with his Coleman camper, nuke colder. Like, come on, I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, also, okay, the whole thing with Animatter... um. So first of all, antimatter dissipates. I'm not, obviously I'm not a nuclear physicist and I don't know a whole lot about this, but the fact that I don't know a whole lot about this and still when I was watching this, I was like, but wait, that's not how it works. Should say something. So antimatter um, dissipates. So if you're making an antimatter catalyst as fuel, that's not going to work. It would just make like a lot of lights and maybe some noise. It wouldn't actually work as fuel. And the other thing is that this antimatter catalyst is supposed to be uh, an experimental thing, right? That's why they took it out to Neptune to go find extra life. Um, if it's all the way out in Neptune, having antimatter catalyst problems probably wouldn't like disrupt whatever it was, electronic forces back on Earth, at least not in that weird intermittent way, unless they've got other ones too. So I thought they were going to discover life that actually could control the antimatter. That didn't happen. The other thing, the other other thing, the antimatter thing is experimental. The antimatter catalyst is experimental. So um, where are they getting all of the other fuel for the What are their fuel sources for whalers on the moon and sorry, I keep calling them whalers on the moon because that that was just playing in the back of my head when they were doing that, that, that chase on the moon. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking there's whalers on the moon. Okay, anyway. Um, like all of that stuff, where are they getting the fuel from that? Because this is five minutes into the future and they don't reference any kind of fuel crisis or anything like that. Where are they getting the fuel to do all of this?
0: So that brings me to actually two things about that. Number one, you're right. All this talk about it goes back to whiting the moon. Like, you have all this stuff going on, but there's no mention about, have you all so- solved climate change? Mm-hmm, or Exactly. Is, like are things messed up mm-hmm. on Earth? And I'm also kind of, I was taken aback by seeing so many planets. Mm-hmm. Like, they had to go from the moon to Mars, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. But if your, if your main mission is to go to Neptune, how is it possible to see Jupiter and Saturn Right. On the way out there, it's not like the planets are always lined up for you to just travel to. Mm-hmm. They they could have and should have been on other sides of the, of the sun itself.
1: Yeah, they did a whole lot of hand waving. Like after they kind of set it up as hard science fiction, antimatter right. whalers on the. I'm going to stop saying that. Starbucks on the moon, antimatter. Starbucks on the moon, uh, gravity propulsion, animal testing in space, and then they kind of said, "But this is not the science you are looking for." <laughs> They waved their hand at it. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I couldn't get into that. Um, yeah, the whole fuel thing. I, I have an issue. Again, it's that colonizer nar- narrative, right, where we are going to go out and explore, and who cares where the resources to do this are coming from or what we're exploiting. I, would, I kind of did at one point think I would love to see the story of just like a regular guy who lives in Rio de Janeiro right now at this particular point in, in the world and see what his life is like does he look up at that like radio antenna and just shake his fist like while he has a third degree sunburn because of climate change you know who knows
0: yeah like brad pitt you're handsome you're a handsome rich astronaut with emotional issues that's great Mm -hmm. but how am i going to feed my kids tomorrow Right. exactly right
1: so you're to see this guy in rio brad pitt and Um, it's it's Mm
0: -hmm. it's like as a as a pan leftist as a white person i really do have those questions like yeah like you're going out on these crazy missions but at the expense of Who Who on earth Mm -hmm. but it's like part of my brain tries Mm -hmm. to just block that out. Totally. It's like, you know, it's mm -hmm. like it's like Iron Man's a billionaire, Mm -hmm. but he's a billionaire on the backs of who. Right.
1: Exactly. And I think this is why okay, I'm more into fantasy because Uh fantasy you can hand wave that much more easily than science fiction I like science fiction but for science fiction the physical science and the the natural science and the social science implications get stuck in the front of my head Mm -hmm. just like with you for fantasy you're like these are weird names this is not related to reality at all I can't get into this goodbye I'm the opposite I'm just like but really because science fiction is supposed to be grounded in reality to some extent and the reality always gets in the way of my enjoyment Okay. Especially I, I, like the historical reality. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I still sure. like science fiction, especially if it's really far out. But this wasn't quite far out enough for me to to ignore all of the the, the, the Coleman cooler nuke.
0: No, I, I dig that totally. Can we talk about age for astronauts?
1: Oh, yeah. Because
0: I Googled it. The average age for an astronaut to go to space is 34, uh-huh. which is my age now. Right? Huh you know happy birthday thank you happy belated from from last week anyway yeah. but yeah obviously donald sutherland is not 34 years old
1: yeah he's like 99 brad pitt isn't 34 either
0: that's a good point yeah. mm-hmm. but there wasn't i mean donald sutherland only his only purpose was to give him a usb so like why mm-hmm. do you do that on earth bro yeah and why Tommy did, Lee yeah. Jones, I guess because he was the le- the legend and he, I guess maybe for himself he knew it was a one-way trip, mm-hmm. he was content to just stay out there. So like, yeah. I give that to him. Yeah. And Brad Pitt, it was yeah. more personal for yeah,
1: him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Tommy Lee was probably 34 when he left. Okay. Sure. <laughs> or within the 34. I don't know why we're stuck on that age. But within that, that window of, of
0: – Actually, NASA doesn't have – NASA does not officially have an age limit. True. It's mm-hmm. all about your physical and like True. medical like me- mental condition. So True. maybe mm-hmm. he was that focused yeah. just like his son. Which that is great. He's possible to go. But
1: that still doesn't excuse Donald Sutherland because he was in horrible physical condition not at all. in the story. I mean in real life he's fine, but yeah. in the story within the story he had a heart defect or something yeah. and he May or may not have died while Brad Pitt was on his way to Mars. But who cares? Yeah, exactly. He was just... That's the thing. All of the famous actors were cameos. Donald Sutherland was really a cameo. He was just there to give it a USB and say, look at me, I was in a space movie with Tommy Lee Jones 20 years ago and now we're in a space movie again. Ha ha. Space
0: Cowboys, right? Yeah,
1: Space Cowboys. Yeah. Um, Tommy Lee was a cameo. He was in the last scene and he did nothing that you expected him to do, which was fine, but again, just fine. Um, Liv Tyler was a cameo. Uh, what's her name? Who played Beloved? Uh she was a cameo. Oh, what's her name? She was in Set It Off too. Uh she was the lone black lady astronaut. Well, Ruth Nega was also a black lady there were, astronaut. There were two. Yeah, there were two. Ruth Negga and No, her. no, no.
0: There were there were three. There was there was that. Earth. Yeah, Go on. Okay. So there were
1: two famous black lady astronauts. Black lady astronaut. Anyway. Um, have you not seen that skit? It's from a black lady sketch show. They kinda pulled it out at the end. Anyway, it, The last few episodes were really good. Okay, Uh, cool. But yeah, so whatever her name is, whose name, Kimberly, what is her name? I cannot remember, but she was a cameo and she's very famous. Ruth Nega was a cameo and she's very famous. All of the really big name actors, except for Brad Pitt, were really just there for a scene just to kind of, I don't know why they were there (laughs) to do whatever. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, But Donald Sutherland arguably got the worst treatment because they really do build him up as like, sage old companion and then he's gone he's, he's in like two you scenes. know what
0: bro you know what i can't do this exactly you're, you're yeah this USB i had on, on, on my neck the whole time right please yeah and be- yeah. go exactly <laughs> <I'm>
1: like, <"What?" laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like, and because roy is so stoic you don't really get any kind of impact from that he's he's like oh please call and check on my friend and then they're like he's in surgery and he's like huh and then it moves on
0: niggas get heart conditions every day b <laughs> 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 exactly okay this concludes this episode of Blurred Up. Remember, we are on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D U P. We're on we're on Instagram at B L E R D period UP. We're on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. And don't forget we are on Blurred.com. Check us out there and check out their other content, other podcasts and YouTube channels. Peace. Peace. <laughs>